Oh, for heaven's sakes. Ah, God darn it! Come on! What are you doing? I'm stuck on Gemini Man! Why are you on Gemini? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you just doing your first run of Mega Man 3? Yeah, so? You don't start with Gemini, you start with Needle Man. Really? Yeah, because with Needleman, if you beat Needleman, you get Rush a lot faster than you get Gemini. Gemini, you save for, like, second to last. Because, you got to remember, Needleman is, is weak to the Mega Buster. Once you get Needleman, you go to Snake Man, who's weak to Needleman. Snake Man is weak to Hard Man. Hard Man is weak to Top Man. Top Man is weak to Shadow Man. Shadow Man is weak to Magnet Man. Magnet Man is weak to Gemini Man. That's where you go. And then Gemini Man is weak. Is Gemini Man is strong to, uh, can beat Spark Man. Did you get that? You lost me at the left turn to Albuquerque. Just give me the damn controller. God, it's not that hard, James. One is weak to the other. You just got to figure out the order. I think I need to reorder my life. Good afternoon, good evening, everybody, wherever, whatever time it is you're listening to this, and welcome to Gaming Street Irregulars. My name's James Irish, your rock of uh, this podcast, and joining me is is the paper to my rock, apparently, Chrissy Harding. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> and today, as you probably surmised, we are talking the Mega Man franchise. Spe- specifically, the first three games. Indeed. For a time, these were Capcom's bread and butter. Before mm-hmm. Street Fighter, before Devil May Cry, before Monster Hunter, and after Ghost and Goblins, there was Mega Man. Yep, the little cute little blue bomber that we all know and love uh, actually exploded onto our TV screens through our gaming systems back in the late 1980s. 1987, to be precise, for us here in the States, at least. Yes. A few months earlier in Japan, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I think they got theirs December 17th uh, of 1980. Yeah, no, we got ours 1987. They got theirs, like, I think, what, September or so? Yeah, so it was just a few months. Yeah, it was not much. But the thing is, is that... To, we have to talk about a little bit of the elephant in the room about the American release versus the Japanese release at some point. At um, some point, but yep. that's still getting a little ahead of ourselves because we got to get into the inspirations behind Mega Man, and to do that, I wish we had Pemmy here because we need to talk Astro Boy. Yes, we do. Astro Oh Man, Astro Boy was a was the it was kind it was kind of up there with one of the first real quote unquote animes that made its way into the United States as well. And if you look at the cartoonishness of Astro Boy, we'll give you a second to Google it. Did you Google it? You Hope can so. honestly, if not, 
Well, and then your Google, you need a new Google engine. But you can see the diff, the actual similarities between Mega Man and Astro Boy. Both are robots. Both look like uh, prepubescent teenagers, and both were created by a mad scientist who saved the world. And did you know that actually Mega Man was not Mega Man's actual original uh, name in development was neither Mega Man nor Rock Man. Was it uh, Rainbow Man? It was Rainbow Man because every time Mega Man uh, took on a new power, he would change his color like a rainbow. And there's another memory cell I forgot I had dislodged from my brain. And you just put it back into place. So we're going to get into the first game in just a brief moment. But right now we're going to take a very quick break. In the year 2000X, industrial robots suddenly began to run amok. The robots were created by Dr. Light, the leading authority on industrial robots, but were altered by the evil genius Dr. Wily. It was Wily's hope that he would be able to use Light's robots to take over the world. In order to stand against Wily's forces, Dr. Light made the difficult decision to modify Rock, a robot whom he loved like a true son. Rock was thus reborn as Mega Man, the combat-ready robot. That's the official plot from Capcom. Mm-hmm. And actually, over time, they actually uh, fleshed out that plot where Dr. Wily and Dr. Light were actually um, partners. That's right. And, and they created, and we don't find this out until the third game, they actually was a prototype to Mega Man, his older brother, Proto Man. Mm-hmm. Who's my favorite character in the whole series? He's got it all. And we'll talk about that when we talk about three. Right. If you actually want a really good, there is an awesome webcomic. It is, it's kind of, and it ended in 2007, but it was the first a Mega Man webcomic. And if you're a fan of Star Trek or anything geeky, David Anez did a great job with this webcomic, and it's called Bob and George. All right. And it's a Spike comic. It's based on Mega Man. And this actually was the comic that proved that Capcom is not trigger happy and actually enjoys its fans. Because the whole entire run of this comic from 19-something, late late 1990s to 2007... And he, Dave will say, and if you click on the comic strips and click on the comments, he tells you, like, the first four years of this comic strip, he was so terrified of Campcom suing him for what he did to the characters. Because <laughs> it's the start of the trope, Mega Man is stupid until he's fighting robots. Uh, Proto Man is awesome. And Roll is, just wants to be a fighter robot like the rest. And he actually does um, the retelling of the origin story of Mega Man. And it is hilarious. 
because he just pokes fun at it. And he's a huge Mega Man fan. So if you want to also see another way of the presenting, I would recommend Bob and George for any Mega Man fan out there to read. It is it's it has over ten I think it has over between ten nine to ten years of being a comic, so it's a lot to go through, but it's hysterically funny. So it was also the beginning of Sprite Comics. So to flesh out the story a little more, mm-hmm. Rock was a household robot designed to be a counterpart to Roll. Yeah, Roll was the housekeeper. Rock was the butler. While the six robot masters who you do battle with in the game were each designed to fulfill a specific industrial or service purpose. Cut Man was there to do deforestation. Iceman and Fireman were for extreme climate robots. Guts Mm -hmm. Man was a construction robot. Elect Man was designed to operate power plants. And Bomb Man was designed for demolitions. Yep, pretty much. And then uh, what the belief was, was that Dr. Light was would build the robots and Dr. Wiley would do the programming, which is why the six robot masters turned so easily is because Wiley had programmed them to listen to him over uh, Dr. Light. And also, a little bit of Japanese trivia out there. Um, L and R in Japanese culture are kind of the same. So there's always been a discussion of, is his real name Dr. Light or Dr. Wright? Yeah, well, yeah, but the uh, the official Capcom uh, romanization, as it were, at mm-hmm. least as far as the U.S. branch is concerned, is L as in Liberty. Yeah, where if you... but. It took them a very, very long time to settle that because a lot of the localization back in the 80s sucked. There's no getting around it. Oh, you ain't just whistling Pixie because nobody whistles Dixie anymore. Nope. Can't. Nope. We we whistle Pixie now. I just can't tell you what the Pixie tune is. And uh, don't bring this up around Mr. Jinx. Oh, not at all. (laughs) Little Hanna Barbera humor there. Oh, I mean, that was one of my favorite cartoons too. Growing up, but so poor Rock had, like we said, Doctor Light had to make a decision because he was actually getting blamed for these robot masters going rogue, which will be a theme in almost every single Mega Man game from now until the end, is it starts off that some robot, some robots were created and suddenly go rogue. And this is interesting, too. I did not realize this either. After Mega Man 1, in Japan, they always, before the next game came out, because in Japan, Mega Man was such a big hit, also, but known as Rockman over, Rock over there, they actually had contests where people would submit robot master designs and they would always pick one to put in the game. Indeed. Although the original Mega Man was only a modest hit in Japan and it was barely a blip on the radar here in the United States. But we all know the reason why it was a blip in the radar in the United States. Yes. Uh, you can refer back to Nerd World News where I showed the cover for the first game. Yikes. Yeah, that first cover, uh, so you know the story behind the box art cover and why it was as bad as it was? Do tell. So, interestingly enough, 
the head of um, Capcom Japan at the time did not like the Japanese box art. He thought it was too cutesy. And he also was worried about being sued by Astro Boy. Because if you look at the Japanese cover, you definitely can see the influence of Astro Boy on the art. Oh, definitely. So here is this game coming over. And they had one of their artists. I want to say it's Mark Erickson who who did it. Um, he was only given six hours to design a box cover for a game he had not played and did not know what it was about. All he knew it was about, it was about, it was a shooter game with a robot type character. Hence why the color is wrong and the background art has absolutely nothing to do with the game. And he looks like a middle-aged man. And he looks like a middle-aged man. So that's one of the reasons why Mega Man in the United States did not do as well. Because could you imagine you had a choice between that game cover, which tells you, which if you saw that, would any of us have bought that game with our $20, which was a lot back in the 80s? Though simultaneously to that, I don't know how many... uh... American console game buyers would have been that familiar with the Astro Boy lineage and Japanese animation in general back in 1987 slash 1988. I watched a few Astro Boy cartoons did come over. I think it was more or less uh, the, name of the, the name of the gentleman who told them to change the battle art. His name is Kiji Inafuni. And he was very much worried about getting sued. Because remember, at the, cat, at the time, Catcom's big hit was Ghosts and Goblins. Right. And he did not believe the American audience because you got to remember, there was got to remember, this is also Japanese mindset of American consumers. There are stereotypes about American consumers that are in other countries. So he felt that at the time, looking at... Um, comic books at the time that were selling, uh, looking at what our cartoon, what our major cartoons at the time were, which would have been Transformers, He-Man, G.I. Joe. He felt that a cutesy, curvy, round character would not sell a game. He wanted to be as realistic as possible, which is why not only Mega Man Box Art 1 is absolutely hideous. Mega Man Box Art 2 is only slightly better. Right, but I, I don't think it was Inafune. Inafune was just a junior member of the team at the time of development of Mega Man 1. He was brought on to the project rather late. And by the time he was there, uh, Cutman, Iceman, Gutsman, and Fireman were already being designed, and he was assigned Elecman and Bombman. Yeah, but you got to remember is that he was the most vocal of anyone on the team about how the care about the, he did not care about how they were portrayed in the game. Remember it's 18 bit. It's a bit. There's not a whole lot you can do. And Mega Man got a quote from him somewhere here. Yeah. He's had a couple of quotes where he, he did not, he was, he would, he did not want it to be cartoony when it went to the United States. He felt that if it was cartoony, it wouldn't sell. Um, so Capcom at the time, they only had 10 people working on this, maybe even a little less. So it was, all right, we need a box art for the United States. Go. 
and they assigned it to one of their illustrators who only never, like I said, never played the game. Didn't know what, kind of only knew it was a shooter game set in a set with robots. I think that was probably all he really knew. And he didn't even, they didn't even, I don't even think they sent him the pictures of what the characters were supposed to look like. I think they gave him a very basic idea of Mega Man and then gave him six hours to come up with something. Okay, correction. My book does not even include the Mega Man 1 cover. In fact, the overseas box art section is woefully incomplete. Oof. What, when year was it uh, made? It was made. Let's see. Where is the... Where's the year on this sucker? Usually it's on the, it's usually the second or third page and it's down where they have this one. Really? Unless they really did a good job hiding it in this collage. They probably did. Knowing, knowing, knowing them, they probably got, this is what happens when graphic design majors are in charge of designing covers and in the, uh, book information of books. You'll never find what you're looking for without a magnifying glass. So, okay, rough. Okay, I found it at the very back. Really? Looks like, yeah, looks like two thousand nine. Okay, so that's. I know that they really didn't start uncovering the Japanese box art for the first Mega Man game until about then. Um, there were some hints of what it looked like, but like the final products that went out, because like you said, it was a modest hit, but it was enough of a hit for them to do two. Two sold better than one. Right. But uh, two wouldn't have happened if it were strictly up to the executives. If mm-hmm. they, they did not uh, say, okay, go ahead, make a sequel. The creative team were the ones saying, hey, we'll work on this in our after hours. We will do this on our own time. Oh, yeah. And it was a passion project. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Akira Kitamura, this, w- this was his baby. Like, he he took very good care of Mega Man, and he fought for Mega Man at Capcom. I you have to give Akira Akira a lot of credit because he really did fight for Mega Man when most people would have been like, "Okay, it didn't work." Go on to the next thing. Here's a direct quote from KG Inafuni on the subject. Mm-hmm. I think two is the most memorable for me, both in that it was the most fun and the most stressed. I was actually working on a different project at the time, but our fearless leader from one approached me one day to ask me if I was willing to join them again. Making a sequel wasn't a corporate decision. It was more like the team just kind of saying, let's do it. Seeing as how it would be my first time working on two projects simultaneously, I was rather intrigued. I asked him what time frame they were aiming for, and his reply was, including the checks, three months. I was like, what? So, yeah, that's how two began. Again, two suffer- the two box art suffered the same tragedy as one. Although at this time they finally got the color scheme right and they actually had the enemies in it right and the background was similar to what was in the game. So it was almost like their artist actually played the game and was like, okay, this is what it is. But again, it suffered from the Americanization of um, the Japanese influence of it, which is... Which they did a lot back then. Um, yeah. Hiding a lot of that. 
you wind up with uh, with a, a quick man who's the wrong color scheme, mm-hmm. crash man who is closer but not quite, and Doctor Light hiding behind Crash Man of all things. I know, which is which is like this is not even the one where he gets kidnapped. This is the one where Doctor Wiley. So after one. And you beat one, and you catch Dr. Wiley, and you turn him over to the police. Two starts. And in two, Dr. Wiley has turned over... I think this is the one where he turns over a new leaf. No. No, not oh, this no. one. It, it, in, you go. Here's the official <laughs> description. Dr. Wiley's ambition for world domination has been successfully suppressed by Mega Man, the super robot created by Dr. Light. Peace returned to the world once more, but sadly, it did not last long. Despite his devastating loss, Dr. Wily returned with eight new powerful robots to challenge Mega Man. So these are the first designs Wily himself makes. Yeah, so this is the first time, like, instead of stealing something, he designed them. This is also the beginning. (laughs) This is the first game that had us all going, what the hell, when you finally beat Wily in the first round. Because usually Wily battles are like three rounds. So there's the first round where you're beating him in his mech. There is the second round where it's, I think, a bigger mech you fight him in. Right. And then the third round he becomes, spoiler alert if you have not made it to the end of the game. Um, but listen, this game came out almost 30 years ago. What the hell's wrong with you? Um, he becomes an alien. Over 30 years ago. He becomes an alien. And he's trying yep, to trick you. Nothing. Yeah, literally that pulled out of nowhere. You're sitting there beating, beating, and the next thing is an alien. It's like, you kind of was like, my thought was, what the hell was Camp Cop smoking when they came up with that idea for the final form? Which then turns out to be a holographic projection, and Wiley is controlling another robot. Right. Let me tell you something. I want to say this much for I feel bad for whatever home insurance Dr. Wiley has on his fortresses because it's almost guaranteed to blow up at the end of every single game. Like I'm actually more concerned with where Wiley is coming up with all the money just to build all these things. Well, he is a criminal. Yeah. Apparently so, but I wonder what the economy is like in the year 2000X. Well, considering all the robots hanging around, I'm pretty sure he probably sold some legitimate robots too to people. Probably through shell companies. Exactly. Uh, Oh my god. No, but like, I'm sitting there like, what insurance company, like, what insurance company is like, the pay- I'm sure he's building this robot based out of the uh, insurance payouts he's getting for the destruction of his uh, fortress. Because hmm. some of those fortresses, I'm looking at them like, that That can't be cheap to insure. No, more likely not. <laughs> my, f- my favorite um, in the comics are Bob and George. They actually poke fun at how often Wiley's fortress gets destroyed. And there's a scene with Base where he she shows up and they destroyed the fortress. And Base is like, oh my god. They're like, don't worry, Wiley was blown clear. He's fine. 
No, my beanie babies. Oh, dear. That's a joke that's aged. And I just, I mean, even still, I'm like, you could replace that with any collectible. Someone's Funko Pops. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. And yeah, that's... off my Pops. <laughs> Mega Man shows up, goes to blow up the fortress. Freeze! Don't you mess with my Funko Pops. Which reminds me, I need to get a Mega Man Funko Pop. I need to add it to my list. It's out there. I seen it. I was look. I actually got. I actually have the Proto Man one on standby. I'm unfortunately banned from bringing anything into the house until until the house is sold. <laughs> Bummer. I know, but I will get it somehow. So let's see if I remember the order to defeat the bosses in two. Okay. I always started on Air Man. Okay. And then moved on to Crash Man. Mm-hmm. And then I believe it was Heat Man. Mm-hmm. And I want to say Metal Man. Mm-hmm. And then I think either Bubble Man or Wood Man. Okay. So. And then after, I... and then it's definitely Flash Man after that, and saving Quick Man for last after you get Flash Man. So interestingly enough. There are, this is actually the first game where there are several different orders upon which you could actually play the game. One is called the Mean Approach, which is Metal Man, Wood Man, Bubble Man, Flash Man, Keep Man, Quick Man, Air Man, and Crash Man. There are ones. Uh, that is Airman, Crashman, Metal Man, Woodman, Bubble Man. Like, there's literally 20 different ways to play this game. Then there's the mode approach, and then, I mean, they come up with all these different things. But the official um, determined play order for two is you start off with... Metal Man, because he's weak against the, he, he's weak against the Mega Buster... Bubble Man, who's weak against the Metal Blades. Flash Man, who's not who's weak against the Metal Blades. You actually could switch Bubble Man and Flash Man. Wood Man is, surprisingly enough, not surprisingly, is weak against Atomic Fire, which comes from Flash Man. He's also weak against the Metal Blades. Oh, that blades. comes from Heat Man. Flash Man's the Time Stopper. Oh, yeah. Uh, Woodman, so you could do, like I said, there's 20 different ways to do this thing. <laughs> but they, they say Woodman because he's weak against the Metal Blades. Airman is weak against the uh, Leaf Shields. He's also weak against the Quick Boomerang if you decide to do Quick Man first. You do need to do Quick Man after Airman or Flashman because he's weak against the Flash Stopper and he's weak against the Air Shooter. Yeah, I severely do not recommend going with Quick Man first in this game. No, it every is a yeah. exercise in frustration. Nobody, there's only one person who recommends him first. And he and if you ever go into the actual forum, the guy who did it, they're all like, You are crazy. Like it's like you're nuts is everybody. Um Crash Man is after Quick Man. And then Heap Man, because Heap Man but like I said, they, they put Heat Man last. Heat Man is weak against the lead bubbles. Crash Man is the air shooter, the lead bubbles, and the mega bus- buster. 
that is the order that has kind of people have said will give you the least amount of ulcers. <laughs> but this was actually the first game where if you asked, if you, if you put together 20 players who played this game and asked them the order to do it in, they all will tell you a different way, which is cool if you think about it. Now, before we get too far into this, I do want to bring up some of the reoccurring tropes and enemies and the like that have appeared in the Mega Man games. Mm-hmm. And probably the most notorious, I'm going to insert the sound effect here. Yes, the disappearing blocks. I freaking hate those things. Oh my god. Some whoever came up with that idea to put in levels, I want to find that developer and I want to kill him. <laughs> How many of us have died more times than we can count because of those stupid blocks? Yeah, this is the first time they were really that dangerous because in Mega Man 2, because the in Heat Man, they're over a bottomless pit. Exactly. Like Give us a safety net or something. And the worst thing about it is two is not as evil as one was. One was hard. Two, after you get by the floating blocks, disappearing blocks, it's not as bad. And that's why I usually wait until I've taken care of, uh, I believe it's either Airman or Crash Man. Because Mm -hmm. after you defeat either one of those two, I forget specifically which one, you get item two. The, mm-hmm. the, the rocket sled. Yes. And that lets you bypass jumping over the bottomless pit. Yeah, you want to get rush as fast as you can in some of these games. You want you want that That's second thing as fast as you can. Right. Mega Man 2 is, of course, pre-rush. Yes, that's right, because three is rush. But yeah, you want that rocket sled, man, because that rocket sled saves your life so many times. And since we jumped to the boss order of two, I do want to go over the actual boss order of one real quick. Right. So if you're playing one, you want to start with Cutman. Because um, he really is kind of weak to the Mega Buster at this point. From uh, Cutman, you go to Elect Man, because he's, uh, he's really weak against the, the rolling cutters from Cutman. From there, you go to Iceman, because he's weak against the Thunderbeam. From Iceman to Fireman, because he's weak against the Fire Slashers. From uh, the Ice Slasher, the Ice Slasher. Sorry, thank you. This is why I have James, because he corrects me when I say something, and I love it. Um, from Fireman, I, I always feel a little embarrassed doing that. Don't ever, because I, because I go, my brain goes so fast, I, I fire off stuff, stuff before my mouth even realizes what it's doing. Uh, from Fireman to Bombman. Because the firestorm is he's weak against for bomb man to guts man, and then from guts man you go to Wily's castle and you fight the yellow devil, which we all hate. Yes, but there is an exploit, and I'll I'll take this one, Chrissy. You go ahead. Because the there is a uh, unintentional glitch in the game using the elect beam, where if you pause it right when it's hitting the yellow devil. And then resume, it'll go through its hit cycle again and again <laughs> and again. You can essentially cheese this thing in one shot and not have to worry about memorizing the pattern of its uh, 
of of its split apart and reassemble attack. Yeah. The other one too is um yeah, the pausing and unpausing in the game and I got bless them that they never took that out when even when they reported it in um Mega Man um Legacy, it's still there. That is probably one of the best glitches in the game ever. It only works on the Yellow Devil. It does not work on the Copy Robot, and it does not work on the others. Right. But the Yellow Devil would return again and again and again. It would take new forms. We'd even see it in Smash Brothers. Which, actually, I kind of like it in Smash Brothers. Because it's kind of fun playing as the Yellow Devil. I also enjoy the dragon, too. Oh, yes, the dragon in, in Mega Man 2. That was that and the guts tank were Oh my gosh, yes. Were two of the most massive enemies seen to date on a uh, on a on an NES game, but they kind of cheated to get there because the majority of the graphic information on those bosses are background tiles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wonder they're so freaking hard to hit sometimes. Yeah, the only part that were active elements were the parts that were their hitboxes, which I believe was the eyes on the dragon, and I forget where it was on the guts tank. Um, I forgot what the guts tank weakness was. Hang on. I can look it up in the form. Aha. Guts tank weakness. Uh, it was the threads, the fist, the threads and the fist. So you had to hit the threads and you had to hit the fist. Okay. The best place to hit though was the threads and yeah, the threads and the fist because uh that would take it would always deal four points of damage. It's also known as the guts dozer. Right. Yeah, guts man would actually be probably the most frequently revisited of the boss masters. Does it it's a pretty iconic design. Mhm. We'd also see him return in Mega Man 7. And yes, we do actually. This is good. That was that was a good game. But my favorite game, the one, then this is the game I actually played first, was Mega Man Three. Okay, this is the one where Wiley's re, quote unquote reformed. So this, yep, and I will let you do the background on that one. Reformed, Doctor Wiley began assisting Doctor Light in the creation of the giant robot Gamma to serve the purposes of world peace. Just as it seemed that Gamma would be completed. Disaster struck. Something was happening to the robots that had been harvesting an energy source for Gamma on a faraway planet. Mega Man's newest battle was about to begin. Dun dun dun. And this is the Mega Man game where A, so much improved, and B, a few things didn't improve. Because this game introduces so much. I mean, we've already talked about Rush, the Robo-Dog. Mm-hmm. This is the one that introduces Mega Man's sliding ability, which redefines his platforming tool set and really freshens up the gameplay loop quite a bit. And I'm going to let you gush about the third major addition to the lore, Proto-Man. Also known as Blues. So... Blues comes in, and he is, I think he would be Capcom's original anti-hero. He's not a bad guy. 
He's kind of an anti-hero. And he forces you to use the slide. So when you play, so when you come to the points in the game where you have to fight blues, he actually kind of is the tutorial part getting you used to using the slide in battle. Because that slide is going to save your life in many of the battles. And how could you not love Proto Man? He's got the scarf, he's got the shield, and he's got the sunglasses. And he is, and he, and you can tell when he's coming because he does that three note whistle. We will insert it right here. And as soon as you hear that whistle, you know that shit's about to go down. I love Blues. He was, he was my favorite character. It was very hard, um, because if you really think about it, and the game, they don't explain him as much. He's kind of that mysterious older... We eventually learned he's Mega Man's older brother because he was the first prototype. Um, so him and Mega Man and Roll kind of share a design. And then we learn a little bit more about him in um, outside of the game. So he was the first proto... He was the prototype. So he was the first ro- full-functioning full robot created by um, Dr. Wright and Wiley. He did not want to be a butler. He was supposed to be a butler. He was he was the actual prototype to be a butler. He kind of didn't want to be a butler. Um, so he kind of left home and wandered the world to kind of experience the world. Um, he comes back. He kind of sees kind of some of the stuff going down. Uh, he remembers Wiley from before and didn't fully trust him. So when we don't really learn more about this until this is actually the start of what I call the the blues arc in the games, because this is where blues play. This is the first game where blues or proto man starts to play a, a role in the games. Would you say this is where we get the first of blues clues? Ba-dum-bum. I couldn't help it. It was perfect. So. This is where we start to start to add more dimension to these characters. We add dimensions to Mega Man. We add dimensions to to Doctor Light and Doctor Wily's relationship because they're working together again. You start to kind of wonder how smart Doctor Light is because he always seems to be giving Doctor Wily second chances. As unfortunately for the rest of the at this point, universe, because again, the action of this game takes place on a different planet for much of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of, so with Blues, um, you start to really learn a little bit more about their own backgrounds, because you kind of sit there and you're like, wait, there was one before? And it kind of adds a more family dynamic to what's going on. Now, at any point in time, Blues can very easily kill you in the game in your encounters with him but i found unless you were really good at screwing up he never really kills you he he kind of forces you to practice the slide he kind of forces you to get used to calling for help um and like we said rush this is the first game with rush in it and I kind of love Rush too. Like they were my two favorite additions to the series because for some reason it added a dynamic to the series because you started not because you started to realize you weren't alone. You had help. 
Here's KG Inafune's direct quote. Items 1, 2, and 3, referring to the rocket sled and the other two items in Mega Man 2, mm-hmm. had interesting capabilities, but they really had no life to them. So based on the idea that all good anime heroes had a trusty dog sidekick, we took Mega Man's helmet and mixed in the color scheme from items 1, 2, and 3 to come up with Rush. Best idea ever. And of course, Rush would later spawn a an increasing array of sidekick characters. You'd have Eddie, the walking suitcase. You'd have Beat. You'd have Tango. And on and on. And I like, um, and actually my favorite out of them that they made um, with Fort, with Bass was Forte, also known as Gospel in, um, in, the, in America, who is the robotic wolf. Right, right. <laughs> Appears opposite uh, base or tr- he was base's um, companion um, creature in Mega Man Seven. In Mega Man Seven, so. But we're obviously a long while away from that game. Oh yeah. So let's talk about the boss order for Mega Man Three. Finally. Okay, so they recommend that when you start the game, you start the game with Needle Man. From Needle Man, you go to Snake Man. Snake Man to Hard Man, Hard Man to Top Man, Top Man to Shadow Man, who is the best boss master ever. From Shadow Man to Magnet Man, Magnet Man to Gemini, Gemini to Spark Man. How can you not love a ninja? Um, I've always been more partial to Stone Man. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bigger guy, so I that kind of leans more to my... A aesthetic, I guess. True, but it's it's ninjas. Like, ninjas are awesome. Yeah, provided you provided you don't see them. True. So yeah, because when you see them, it's over. Right. Now, when I say things started to go a little wrong with Mega Man Three, it was because this is when Capcom really started to lean in on. Okay, we need another one of these a as soon as possible. And apparently the development of it was rushed, no pun intended, a little bit. And a lot of game assets wound up being recycled and they repurposed bosses from Mega Man 2 into some of the stages. Yep. It, which left kind of a bad taste in Keiji Inafune's mouth. He, you know, when he looks back on this game, he's he looks... He, he's a little frustrated. I think this is why he has such an aversion to including the slide and the charge shot in the later 8-bit revival games because yeah. of his, his experience on this specific installment. Which... But you know, as much as, as much as this game was rushed, it came out more polished than most rush games we've seen. Absolutely, because it, it was a pol- I mean, it it wasn't like you sat there and you could tell the game was rushed. I mean, we've seen rush games, number of them. Yeah. This game here, for as rushed as it was, it still showed the quality of work that this team was capable of putting out. And this is also the first box art that actually more accurately reflected the game. Absolutely. It still wasn't quite a one-to-one conversion, but it was so much closer. Oh, completely. It was a much better, it was a much, much better game, in my opinion. 
there's two things I want to mention with regards to some of the later stage bosses. Mm-hmm. First off, we haven't really talked about Mega Man's best known reoccurring enemy, the Metal. Oh, or yes. what I used to know as the Hard Hat Hooligan. Oh, Metals. That's not correct. Metals. Yeah, they're these little Japanese-style construction helmets. They're so freaking cute. That pop up, and you see these adorable little bug eyes, and they they shoot a little spread shot at you, and then they rush hither and on. They would kind of become to Mega Man what the slime would be to Dragon Quest, what the Koopa Troopa would be to Mario Brothers, and on and on. But this is the first game that gives the Metal a big upgrade and i mean big because oh, in the yeah. dr wiley stages you face the mother of all metals i know you kind of sit there and you look at them and it's just like nope i'm out <laughs> like i was to the point when i first saw it i was sitting there and i'm like pause i'm out of here <laughs> like i'm like this is this this is not gonna end well because when you try to shoot it when its helmet's down guess what it does it shoots it back at you oh Rather than just block it like the, a traditional metal would. Yeah, if you hit it just right, you will get hit by your own shot. Hmm. Yeah. That's when I hit the pause button. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I'll come back to this. And I don't think I ever got quite that far in this game. I, I just know of it by reputation. It is, it, it is cute, but it is a pain in the tookish. This is also the first time we meet Doc Robot, too. Yeah, he, he, this is where I got it. What, this is where the aforementioned reusing of Mega Man 2 bosses comes in because Doc Robot basically takes over the quote unquote spirits of the past ro- eight robot masters from Mega Man 2, which raises a lot of questions. Well, you know, the other thing also, too, is. Um, he was in, he's actually was in one. He was just called the copy robot, which meant he had all the powers of the different robot masters. So when he changed color, you had to know what color that was. So you could change your weapon to match the, to, to that, to whatever the weakness of that robot was. And actually in one, they were supposed to have eight robot masters, which we, is not which is a recurring theme that picked up after two, but at the time Capcom realized that they didn't have enough memory to do eight, so they dropped two of them, and that was Time by Time Man and Oil Man. It in hindsight, looking at the design Oil Man wound up with when he eventually came out and Mega Man powered up on the PlayStation Portable, it's probably for the best he got dropped. Yeah. It's a very ugly blackface caricature. Yeah, he should not have even made it into that, into the power-up, which is considered a remake of the original Mega Man. Right. Yeah, I saw that. They tried to, uh, to make it less blatant in the U.S. version by changing his uh, face from black to blue, but... You could still kind of tell what was going on, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, considering, you know, he was supposed to be oil. Right. Oil is, is black, but yeah, it just, it just that he was a very bad design. I think it would have been better if he was like an oil tank. Ooh, that would have been a better move. That would have been a much better move. That would have put him in line with like Heat Man, who's basically a giant Zippo lighter. 
I do have to say, Heat Man is probably one of my favorite character designs. Shadow Man is my favorite. Is my favorite um, of the character of the Robot Masters. But I have to definitely say, Heat Man is my favorite character design because you're right. He's a little. He's just a, just a cute little Zippo lighter. Kick your butt, but he's still a cute little Zippo lighter. Right. Now back to Mega Man Three. Mm-hmm. I want to mention. I don't know if this was the start of it, but this is probably the most notorious instance of it, where this, where the most difficult to use weapon in the game is the secret to defeating the final boss. Oh my god, yes. If you don't Gamma not- is massive, even by the standards set from the previous game. And his weakness is the top spin. One of the few times Mega Man has been given a physical attack rather mm-hmm. than a projectile or a shield or something like that. By the way, I do want to ask this too. What is your feeling about shield weapons? Um, I think situationally they're useful. I mean, I know there's definitely a case for using them in the Airman stage when you're sitting on those various flying clouds and and you know waiting to get to, for the next one to come along. It, it's a nice little measure of protection there in those little bits of downtime. But you know. They're, they're not necessarily my favorite of the weapons, but I, I appreciate their existence. I, I think they add a nice little bit of diversity to the range of weapons. I, to me, shield weapons, once I learned how to use them effectively, I was okay with them. But like, how many of us, like the first time that we got a weapon... Because remember, when we were the weapons that we get are not exactly the same weapons that the robot masters used against us um and i remember just one out of the three or four that we see them use yeah and i remember the first time getting um what was it um the leaf shield and i and it was like i used it and it was a sh- i'm like it's a sh-. and i'm literally like son of a <laughs> you're like it's a shield weapon that stinks like how am i gonna use this yeah but arguably it was still a better option than Just those four leaves that slowly float down from the top of the screen. You know, those would have been a very dull offensive weapon. Very true. But even, I was just like, but the first time you use it, you're like, really? Really? You couldn't, like, you're you're almost just like, ah, it's a shield weapon. Like you want, like you, you know, you want, you wanted something like you when you're playing the game because part of the stages are run and gun. You you you're looking for the gun. <laughs> you're looking for the the blaster, the the firestorm. You're looking for like, you know, you're you're looking for like you want to be able like shoot out leaves that go in a rapid fire. Like you're looking for the gun portion of it. Now, once you learn how to use them effectively, they're very powerful weapons. If you, you know, once you learn them correctly. It's just one of those things, like, we all had done it the first time we got the shield weapon, like, oh, man. Now, we are slowly starting to run up on time, but we definitely have time to discuss a few more things. And the first thing is my biggest frustration with Mega Man's design. He can withstand so many shots of red-hot plasma, extreme cold, extreme heat, Devastating winds, but 
A single spike will kill him instantly. Oh my god, the spikes. I know. It's like, it, you, you need, and even then, it's like the hit detection is so off. Like, you could be like, you could be like next to them, and if you just like flick a button, or you could be like just far enough away that you know if you hit a button by accident, you're not on the spikes. In certain stages, just flicking that button, suddenly you're like, Doosh, and it's like, what? You're like, I didn't touch them. Oh my lord, that is, doc, Dr. Light has such a flaw in his design for that one. Mm hmm. Dare you make him so they blow up in one shot? How dare you? Yeah. If any, in my head, and part of me is like, Wiley, if you're smart, you would be lining all of the stages with spikes. Yeah. Could you imagine if his whole castle was nothing but spikes? Mega Man wouldn't make it through. He'd die every time. And then he'd have enough money to make his dream robot master, Fabergé Eggman. <laughs> that's a gag from a video where dr wiley was working with his various contractors and they were all giving him a hard time in one way or another and his robot r&d designer was coming up with increasingly expensive ideas for robots oh my gosh i gotta is dig it, that up like i dug is it, up is it from uh, is it from dorkly because it totally sounds like something dorkly will do I think this pre predates Dorkly by maybe a couple of years, especially since this was a live action thing and not not sprite animation like uh, they normally do. True. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I will find it. Like I like I found that uh, Legend of Zelda meets Game of Thrones bit from a couple weeks ago. Oh my god, that was awesome! That was so funny. So I want so so I want to pick your brain here, Chrissy, from okay. these original three games. Mm-hmm. I know who you're going to say who the best designed robot master is. It's gonna, you're going to say a tie between Heat Man and Shadow Man. But which is the worst of the designs? Uh, I think the worst design <laughs> is a Hard Man. You and I have the same vote. He's so uninspired. Like, I, I, and and let me tell you. Some of the names that they give some of these robots, like that, have actually like transcribed over. The double entendre with some of them. Oh yeah, especially Hard Man coming in the game right after Wood Man. Exactly. Like. I apologize to our parents at this point, who are no doubt disappointed in our use of such juvenile humor. I will say, though, if you want to continue on the running jokes about the name of the Battlemasters, and I know I've already plugged the comic before, even though it's a di- even though it's done, Bob and George make a duel of several running gags about the name of the of the uh, Robot Masters, and pretty much they made the decision that Wiley's a secret pervert because <laughs> of how he named them. Because one of the running jokes in all of them is... Is the name of is Mega Man? Every time he meets a new robot master and they tell him his name, he has to make some sort of some. He makes some sort of joke about the name, and at one point he literally looks at the. He breaks the fourth wall. He's like, "It's it's 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 not me, is it? Like, am I not the only one that is like?" He's like, "It's not me, right? Like these names are a little iffy, right? Like it's yeah. not me." And I mean, when he does it, you, he it's just like you start going, "No, no, Mega Man, it's not you." They are iffy. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, Hardman, I think, is probably the worst designed one out of all of them. Like, 
I, I just, I, I don't, like, with all the other ones, you can kind of see where they got their name from. You've got to get an idea of what they're doing. But then there's, like, Hardman. It's like, what what are you? Right. Now, my other question for you, not including the metal, what is your favorite of the rank-and-file enemies from these three games? Sniper Joe. Oh, yeah, he's another reoccurring favorite who would show up again and again. You would see again. him as, as Sniper Joe in the first game. And then as Sniper Armor, where it's basically Sniper Joe commandeering a two-legged mech. And in the third game, instead of another Sniper Joe, you get Hammer Joe. I just, love the fa- I just love the fact they came up to get the name. It's like, what is his name going to be? He's Sniper Joe. Brilliant! <laughs> like, he's neither... And, 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 and I, I love the fact they gave him the name Joe. <laughs> just like... Okay, but you know, as a character, like snipers are supposed to be silent and deadly, or not supposed to see him, and you see him coming. Oh yeah, he's right there, and we'll yeah. encounter a lot more Joes, a lot more Metals, and a few other reoccurring tropes when we do eventually revisit this. The next three games in the series, yeah, in the classic series, because because yeah. how I think because how, how we should I'm going to say this my way of approaching Mega Man is this way there's the classic series there's the X Zero series and then there are the RPGs Battle Network and so on and Star and Star Force and all of that so that's right. kind of how I approach Mega Man so like if we do like the, the X series the X series will be its own thing because it is its actual own storyline. Right, um, we, we will we will cover that after we cover the classic series. Yeah, because you really got to understand the classic series to kind of get the X series a little bit. So, all right, so we are going to take a short break, and when we return, we will have our contact information today in gaming history, and we will wrap things up. Boom. Support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc dot org. And me at J-A-M-E-S at F-C-3-R-O-C dot O-R-G. 
At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool, and begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking, that's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. So... I was just looking up the pausing trick from Mega Man 1. It actually isn't specific to the Yellow Devil. You can actually use it in your fight with Wily. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's it isn't specific. Know. It isn't specific to the Yellow Devil. You can use it on other enemies in the game. Okay, very cool. It's just everyone uses it on the Yellow Devil because he's such a pain in the butt. Oh my lord. So, now it's time one. for This Day in Gaming History. On mm-hmm. May 6th in the United States and Canada, the third game in the Mario Party series was released. Ooh. And many more friendships were ruined. Pretty much. I've never played a Mario Party game before. I played it against my nieces, and I will state this much. My niece, Haley... She is like vicious competitive in any video game you play. Oh like, dear. She's she she does she does not care if she hurts her feelings. If she's if she's gonna win, she she plays, she plays for keeps. She used to hate me when we used to play Wipeout together, the, the game based off of the the game show. Okay. Because a lot of that was um was um Mario timing of the timing your jumps and stuff, which being someone who grew up playing Mario and those freaking disappearing blocks from Mega Man, I got really good at timing my jumps. So I used to beat that win at that game. So every time I would beat her at that game, she'd whip out Mario Party and she'd start to beat everybody to a pulp. Yeah. Let me tell you, she, 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 as far as she's concerned, you had to learn to be a. She was like, learn to be a good loser. I'm like, learn to be a good winner. <laughs> No kidding. She is better now, but she but she still gets competitive. She she plays to win when she plays games. I got her better at like not gloating when she wins. So, but yeah, she used to, she, yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like you. I go. We used to play, and I'm like, and when she would win, she's like, I won. I'm like, and I'm still older than you, and I can still pick you up and drop you in your bed and ground you. So try again. <laughs> That's when I used to babysit her, because I, I could just pick them because she was so light. I could pick her up, pop her in a room, shut the door, and be like, "Bye, <laughs> I'm not dealing with you now." Something my so, sister never did. So there's one last thing I want to mention today, and that is we are anticipating being able to see you folks live and in person at this year's Flower City Comic Con uh, in September. I want to say 25th and 26th, or is it? Yep. Uh, yep, 25th and the 26th. We will be there live. At the Total Sports Experience in Gates, New York. Indeed. 
So, yep. So, everyone, just so you know, we will be there. We'll probably have a panel or two. Uh, if you are in the Rochester area, please stop by and say hi to us, as well as many other members of the Mighty Monkey Corporation. The Comic Chicks will be there, as will Monkey Business Podcast. Um, we're working on getting Pemmy here. Yeah, it, it's no promises there just yet. But uh, yesterday I did record a, a episode of that podcast with our esteemed vice president. Sort of my sneaky way of saying, hey, now you've met this cool guy on on, on digital audio. Now you want to meet him in person, right? 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 Yeah. We keep, we keep trying. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're stubborn little gits, aren't we? Yes, we are. And I mean, one way or another, we will get Pemmy here, whether we have to do it through a live broadcast or something. We will get him here, I promise you. Yeah. And uh, in case you're wondering, we are going to be doing this in full compliance with every New York State COVID regulation and advisory. We are, if there's still mask mandates in place, we will conform to them. If there are still capacity caps, we will conform to them. If we will be, we are definitely looking into using the Excelsior Pass. We are going to make this as safe an experience for you, the FC3 faithful, as we can. Also, don't forget everyone else, if you want to hear more of James Irish, please check out his podcast with our good friend Pemmy called the Pemmy and James kind of sort of hopefully funny cartoon show podcast um they just did uh you guys just did a uh, pink panther actually just dropped what friday that's right and and next week the episode where we have where we have christopher frank on with us will be star trek the animated series Ooh, they also did shira the animated shira princess of power the original not the remake the original, we are going to do the remake, remake eventually and they've also done the real Ghostbusters, so I would definitely recommend checking it out because they're hilarious. And I hear you're uh, planning on doing something uh, new soon yourself. They're still trying to figure it out, but we might be actually joining the Comic Chicks and doing not a book club podcasting. So Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now, and we can't wait to share new stuff with you. You'll hear more about it right here as it as things develop. But for now, I'm James Irish. I'm Chrissy Harding. Thank you so much for tuning into Gaming Studio Regulars. And as always, game on. Bye, everyone. Have a good weekend. Have a good day. <laughs> weekend. Wow. Well, maybe it is the weekend when they listen. Fair enough.